time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Oh, happy Monday night to you. It is the Sportsbook right here on 760 WJR. Yes, indeed, a pleasure to have you along with us. My name is Steve Courtney, and uh, my partner is a busy, busy bee all over the place. Jamie, how you doing? Some might say media mogul. <laughs> you are. Are you patching yourself in the hallway yet? Yes, I'm very, very busy, but I love Mondays with you. I happen to be at Channel 4 right now talking sports, so I have all my content. I'm ready to talk. And, of course, uh, you're well into your storied career as part of JR Mornings with Guy and Lloyd and uh, Nick and Mike and the roster goes on and on and on, and uh, uh, happy to have you here with us. There is so much to discuss, and wouldn't you know it, Monday night, yet another National Football League Monday night doubleheader. How about that? Dare I say it's too many days, too many games in the NFL? Some people disagree with me, though. Uh, it just seems, and they're going to add Friday uh, on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, so I think they've touched all the bases now. Uh, 7-15 tonight. Uh, you've got the 2-0 Eagles, uh, the defending NFC champs, and the 2-0, can you believe it? Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield and company. Then 8-15, uh, you've got the 1-1 Rams, Matthew Stafford and company. Uh, they are on the road to take on the surprisingly 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, Joe Burrow uh, been battling a calf situation. He is indeed going to start for the Bengals. So uh, if you're a Cincinnati fan, that's big news, James. Hold on one second. We have lost the connection with my partner, Jamie Edmonds, for crying out loud. Somebody do something. All right. We uh, will find her. Uh, meanwhile, we are going to have plenty of Lions conversation for all the right reasons because uh, they took care of business in short order, uh, knocking off the Atlanta Falcons at Ford Field yesterday. A nice rebound game from the tragedy that transpired the week before the overtime loss to the Seahawks. Uh, Jamie, we'll come back to the Lions because there's a lot to discuss, uh, but that really was a nice effort and an electric Ford Field. Yeah, I mean, it was so loud. And, you know, these are things that we knew would happen if the Lions finally put a good product on that field, that it would be a really hard place to play, and it's proving to be. It is so loud. These guys can't get their plays out. Yeah, a short week ahead for the Honolulu Blue and Silver as they are preparing for the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. That, of course, going down Thursday night. And uh, what I'm going to do right now is referred to in the business as a tease. We are getting some pretty good news as far as the Lions walking wounded is concerned. We'll share that coming up. Meanwhile, Jamie, uh, let's take a quick look back at the college football weekend. Obviously, on the banks of the Red Cedar, the 107th homecoming, uh, a beautiful day, a lot of excitement, uh, and then the game started. Um, you know, I I know I'm a little close to the situation, um, and I hope I don't get myself in trouble, uh, but I was on the sideline, Jamie, uh, when the Spartans came out to get it going, and uh, there was a lot of electricity. I mean, flying around, um, it looked like they were ready to play uh, this game against the Maryland Terrapins, a fine ball club, by the way. And I think at the end of it, when all is said and done, uh, and you were out there as well in East Lansing, James, 
I think the uh, Spartans' bodies are uh, more than willing to, to play this great game of football. I don't know if their minds are right. And uh, with everything swirling around, don't know if I blame them, honestly. It's been a tough, what is it now, 10 days to two weeks for this team. I talked to Darian Harris in our pregame show on television, and he was saying that he really thinks that the locker room is with Harlan Barnett, and they expected at least a closer game than what happened out there on the field. But you could be right that, you know, mentally they're not right yet to play football. Now, what I found interesting was in the postgame, Harlan Barnett said, okay, guys, this is a tough time. Now we hit the road. If anyone wants to leave, raise your hands. And he said no one raised their hands. So he still has the locker room, according to him and the players who spoke post-game. Well, you know, Harlan Barnett, uh, and we said this when he was first appointed the interim coach, um, he has got deep, deep roots uh, to East Lansing and the Michigan State football program, three-year starter there, uh, an incredible coach and uh, maybe a better human being. And for him, after that loss to Maryland, a ball game, by the way, in which the Spartans turned it over five times um, to say, hey, look, you know, up against it a little bit. Everybody knows what's going on. If you want to leave, raise your hand. No hard feelings. You, you go on. And uh, like you say, uh, nobody did. In my conversation and some interaction with the players before the tilt, uh, I think everybody's on board. Uh, would you like a better uh, result? Of course you would. Uh, and maybe that all turns around uh, for their first road trip to uh, Iowa come Saturday night. Um, or, or, I, Steve, or, Steve, they're saying the right things right now. Sure. It's my understanding that the portal opens after four games and they could put themselves in. Yeah, and, you know, there's so many under the impression that it's going to be a very busy portal uh, for Spartans to look uh, looking to get out. We don't know that for sure. But I'll tell you this, just as an observer from the outside looking in, uh, two weeks into it here, I find myself getting more angry uh, at what is going on because now all of a sudden it is a back and forth because uh, Mel Tucker uh, fired off yet another response today, as a matter of fact. The attorneys for Mel Tucker responded today to the school's written letter last week that it intends to fire him for cause, claiming the university adopted the allegations against Tucker, quoting now, without any meaningful review of the facts. Now, the letter today from Foley and Lardner LLP, titled Response to Term Notice, uh, comes in the wake of the letter from MSU Athletic Director Alan Haller last week, in which Haller states that the school intends to fire Tucker on September 26th, unless reasons are uh, presented why they shouldn't. Um Again, quoting here, Tucker did not engage in unprofessional or unethical behavior or moral turpitude by any stretch of the imagination. This is the letter from uh, Tucker's lawyers. Uh, In fact, as discussed below, under Michigan law, assault and battery does not even constitute moral turpitude. And the flimsy foundation of the university's finding a private relationship involving mutual flirting and one instance of consensual phone sex falls far short of the mark now there's a lot going on here uh jamie obviously alan haller uh in his letter mentioned that there is sufficient evidence um that they are within their rights to fire with cause now there's going to be that hearing coming up on the first week of october october 5th and 6th uh and it is believed at that time 
that everything is going to be laid out. Meanwhile, I digress, and I remind everyone that Brenda Tracy, uh, in her statements, is saying that what took place on the phone was not consensual. Therein lies the discrepancy. He says it was consensual. She does not. Um, like you said, Alan Haller's letter almost seven days ago saying that they have a plethora of evidence to fire him for cause meant that we would hear from him within these seven days. And that's why we are, because tomorrow's the day. Yes. And I think Michigan State's lawyers think that they have a great case and they'll follow through with it. Well, but that's not the end of the fight. No. And then there was uh, a fine article in the USA Today uh, that lent some pretty crazy insight as the story goes, and again, all of this will come out in the hearing. As the story goes, the investigator uh, involved in this particular case um, said that she caught uh, Mel Tucker in several lies. Uh, that A, he wasn't in Florida on university business. It turned out he was. And then there's other things. All of this stuff is going to come out. But at the end of the day, Jamie, when it comes to cases like this, um, what it comes down to is he said, she said, and who is the most believable? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of boils down to that, and it sounds like I'm simplifying it, but that's what even those in the know with cases like this are saying. Well, I mean, these lawyers are going to go after that $79 of million, I'm sure, but I think Michigan State believes they have a case regardless of the title nine hearing that's happening in October, they believe he brought, you know, shame to the university, which is right there in his contract. So I think they go ahead and fire him tomorrow. And then the fight continues. And then he will not show up to the hearing in October. One final note in this letter from his lawyers, he is claiming that he has a serious medical condition and they fired him after he put in, for this medical condition. Yeah, and I find I, I want to know more about that because listen, yeah. uh, I, I I've heard things, and all the things that I've heard will eventually come out. So you know, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Meanwhile, uh, it will be the Spartans and the Hawkeyes, a ball club that's coming off some problems of their own. Uh, the numbers that they did or did not put up in their loss. Uh, Saturday to Penn State, 31 nothing, uh, mind-boggling. Uh, well, Penn State's good. We know that. 7.30 is the kick in Iowa City. We'll have it for you here on WJR. Meanwhile, uh, Blake Corum ran for two touchdowns, 97 yards, 21 carries, helping the Wolverines finally pull away and beat Rutgers 31-7. Another slow start for the Michigan football Wolverines. And it happened uh, on the triumphant return of Jim Harbaugh. Michigan had 201 yards rushing, averaging five yards a carry, gave up just 3.3 yards per run, a total of 77 yards. There perhaps uh, lies the difference. Yeah, I mean, are you at all concerned that they continue to start slow? You can start slow against Rutgers. You can't start slow in a national semifinal. Well, that's true enough. And, you know, there's a, a lot of folks concerned uh, about what Michigan's been up to. Uh, but I think to a degree, uh, there's been an adage in sports that sometimes you play to the level of your competition. Hey, no slight to anybody Michigan has played so far. Um, but I know some Wolverines fans are certainly hoping uh, that they step up their game as the schedule unfolds. Meanwhile, J.J. McCarthy coming off that three-pick performance 
15 to 21, 214 yards with a touchdown and no turnover. So uh, there you go right there, a positive. Yeah, good bounce-back game for J.J. McCarthy for sure. Blake Corum is Blake Corum, and they are happy to have their coach back on the sidelines. All right, up next will be the uh, first road trip for the uh, football Wolverines. They are going to Nebraska to uh, take on the uh, crazy Cornhuskers, and uh, that is going to be a 3.30 tilt on Saturday. What are the Cornhuskers up to? They are 2-2, and 0-1 in the Big Ten, coming off a thrilling 28-24 win over visiting Louisiana Tech. All right, uh, a real positive, you better believe it. Uh, a week ago, James, we were talking about how the Lions needed a bounce back against the upcoming Atlanta Falcons, and by golly, they did it, didn't they? They sure did, and that place, the roof was about to blow off. Let's talk about it. All right, we'll have that as we continue here with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Once again, what a difference a week makes, Jamie. Uh, A week ago, we were a little bummed out because the uh, Lions in the home opener lost in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. So the attention turned to who was up next, and that was, uh, at the time, an undefeated Atlanta Falcons team. And uh, I went as far as to say that I thought uh, the game yesterday was a must-win for the Lions, and I think you agreed. Did you not? Yeah, I think I said maybe not must-win, but it would be nice. I didn't go as far as you, but I think you're right. Now, in hindsight, I mean, look at how the, the discussion has changed around this team with that W. Well, and it was uh, absolutely huge. So the Falcons show up on the scene, and uh, we've got ourselves a little bit of a tie, and you're thinking, oh, boy, are the Lions going to let the Falcons hang around? Then we had this stellar moment in the second quarter. Goff stops, loads, open Laporta. He's got it, and he's got his first NFL touchdown. You know, I checked online to see if Hallmark has a card for uh, first NFL touchdown, and uh, I don't think they do. Otherwise, I was going to send it uh, to Sam. But, you know, here's the thing. You know, you're talking about a kid there, Jamie who is quickly, and I do mean quickly, becoming a household name, and what a target he is going to be. Yeah, and he's leading, or he broke an NFL record for a rookie tight end in three games. So this was a great pickup by the Lions. TJ Hawkinson, who? (laughs) Well, you know, interesting. You know, both these tight ends coming out of Iowa, for crying out loud. And and I was a TJ guy at the beginning. I thought that he was going to... Um, step up and be everything that we thought he would be. Uh, but that was then. This is now. But I'm here to tell you, Sam Laporta, and the number you're talking about, Jamie, uh, he has 18 receptions, the most by an NFL tight end through three games. The previous record, you talk about stellar company, was 17 receptions for Keith Jackson back in 1988 for the Philadelphia Eagles at the start of his three-time All-Pro career. So already... Uh, Sam Laporta putting himself in some pretty darn good company. Yeah, I mean, breaking the record as a rookie, fantastic. How about Brian Branch, another rookie showing out? Uh, Jameer Gibbs had 80-plus yards. I mean, this is good news for the Lions, especially with all the injuries they've had. To have these rookies make an impact like they are, it's great. Well, and Jack Campbell, uh, way to go, fella, had his first NFL sack. Uh, That was nice to see, but... Uh, the bottom line is this. 
Uh, Jared Goff, 22 of 33, 243 yards with a touchdown and that interception. Also, and the QB sneak. He did. And I think he never that, does that. I think if they were timing that, it would have come in at like 55 seconds or something. Not I have all a funny, funny story from my cameraman who shoots the games. He said that, you know, he was there shooting the game, shooting this play, and he decided to follow the running back because, quote, uh, Jared Goff never keeps it himself, and then he kept it himself. So he faked everybody out. Well, and uh, there was a few Falcons on the field uh, kind of grinning a little bit saying, really, this dude just did that? Uh, uh, yes, he did. Uh, other contra- uh, contributors, Amal Ross St. Brown, nine receptions, 102 yards, and you alluded to Jameer Gibbs, 17 carries for 80 yards. Dan Campbell extremely happy after the tilt uh, that the Lions exceeded the 100-yard mark on the ground. Uh, but I thought the uh, big turnaround here uh, was what Aaron Glenn had going on defensively. Uh, Desmond Ritter uh, really couldn't get a whole lot going on because he spent way too much time on his back looking at the ceiling. He was sacked seven times. And keep in mind, going into this tilt, uh, game three, the Lions only had one sack. Makes all the difference in the world, Jim. Yeah, and there were all these question marks surrounding Aaron Glenn's defense, just one sack, couple games, and then, look, they explode for seven, six different guys, and, of course, Aiden Hutchinson with two of those. So, again, I really think this is a good trend for that defense, you know, heading on the road now against Jordan Love and those Packers. Well, you know what? You mentioned uh, Aiden Hutchinson. By law, partner, I got to play this. I don't think he cares at this point. Well, I'm saying his chest hit, hit the helmet up. Robinson. And there we go again. Hutchinson with the play to seal it. At the two-minute warning, this ball game's over. And the defense of Detroit deserves to celebrate with a dominant performance. You know, I thought uh, defensively, and I was very curious to see Bijan Robinson, uh, the rookie running back out of Texas, because, you know, he uh, was starting to make a name for himself. Ten carries, 33 yards, had four receptions for 27 yards. This Jamie, after he had 255 yards of offense in his first two games with the Falcons, boy, did they negate him. What a game plan, again, by Aaron Glenn and his crew to contain this guy to just 33 yards, 44 yards total from the Falcons. Kudos. Well, and if there's a problem area, as we look forward to the tilt at Lambeau Thursday night, uh, it is on the O-line. in particular, that right tackle spot. You'll remember Matt Nelson uh, got the start. He goes down. He's carted off, as a matter of fact, and you're saying, oh, boy, uh, here we go. As a matter of fact, sidebar, understand Matt Nelson had surgery on that ankle today. That's not good. So uh, you've got uh, Dan Skipper in his second tour of duty with the Honolulu Blue and Silver. He's over there at the right tackle. Yeah, and... Missing Taylor Decker, Big V going down. Like, it, it was a scary situation going into the game. But I thought that the way they moved guys around, you know, it, it patched it together. And now Taylor Decker practiced, at least in a limited capacity today. Yeah, he did in a limited capacity. And uh, Dan Skipper goes down uh, with uh, an injury as well. So the rookie, uh, Colby Sorsdahl, uh, sees some. Uh, action for the first time in the National Football League. And you're right. Uh, Taylor Decker saw limited practice time today, as did running back David Montgomery, as did corner Emmanuel Mosley. Um, so uh, there is a positive here as we get set for that showdown uh, at Lambeau against the Packers. And um, 
This is all anybody could hope for. But, you know, again, Dan Campbell, uh, I'm sure you saw his post-game comments, you know, that they got back to their identity and they played violent. He's a big fan of violence on the football field. <laughs> on the football field. Yeah, he used that term violent a lot in his post-game press conference. And it's like, oh, do I want violence? But, you know, I guess you do in the National Football League. This is serious business. Um I would like to discuss the viral moment in the National Football League yesterday, but you tell me when you're ready. <laughs> let's, let's just do it right now, okay? Okay, okay, let's go. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, they're an item. Well, you know what? It's, are they? Uh, you know what? You're right. I was talking about this with Kimberly Gill here at work, and it seems a little showy, like with the convertible leaving together. And then he so. shuts down a hoi polloi restaurant so that the two of them could have dinner. And for, you know, this thing to come together like it did. Let's just backtrack real quick here. Okay, so he says to her, you know, hey, I've seen you rock Arrowhead doing what you do. Maybe uh, you could come and watch me rock Arrowhead doing what I do. So and- he does. He makes friendship bracelets. He tried to talk to her. She couldn't talk to him. And then I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but he talked about her on his podcast with his brother. Right. And that brings us to this moment of her cheering for him in the box next to his mom. Now, let's just stop there. Because, you know, I don't I don't know what you've heard, but I don't know Taylor Swift. You know, okay. I don't know if she's a football fan. Uh, I don't know if she's followed it. Um, but all of a sudden, through podcasts and whatnot, she's at the family suite sitting next to the Kelsey's mom. Like, these two have been going out for three and a half years. I know. They did seem chummy. It's not like they were introducing themselves to each other. When's the last time you saw that? Look, I think I know this is silly, and there may be people rolling their eyes listening, but I just think it's just a little fun little viral moment. It got more people interested in the NFL. Watch all these Swifties, like, buy Kansas City gear now. No, I've just read, as a matter of fact, before going on, that – his jersey is through the roof. But, but then there's another aspect of this. Apparently, she got out of the Kelsey family suite in a popcorn carrier. What in the hell I is mean, happening? I don't think so. I was just at that stadium. Now, I will say I didn't go to where the suites are, but the media elevator was just an elevator with everybody. So she obviously can't do that if that's how it works from the suites. So maybe she did go in a popcorn carrier. And then did you hear this? After Travis Kelsey scored his touchdown, she dropped an F-bomb. She's allowed. She's a grown woman. I get it. But again, it's like you're you're at this gentleman caller's first football game. It, you're carrying on with the mom like you've dated three years. I mean, these are the things I'm noticing. And okay. then he scores the touchdown. And, you know, if you're at the first game, it's like, oh, he scored. Oh, okay, good. Not her. Let's effing go. She was very animated. Perhaps she had a couple drinks. Who among us hasn't? Indeed. And Patrick Mahomes was asked about this. Did he feel pressure to throw a touchdown to Kelsey? And he said yes, because the Swifties would be after him if he didn't. Let's hear it right from the source. Do you realize how much pressure there was on you today from the Swifties to get Travis Kelsey a touchdown with Taylor in the house today? Yeah, I heard that. I heard she was in the house. Uh, Did you feel it? Did you feel the pressure, Patrick? I thought thought a little bit of pressure. 
Um, and so I knew I had to get it to Trav. And of course, it's on a route that Travis, he, he, he does his own thing and just makes up a route and I throw it to him. So uh, I think he wanted to get in the end zone just as much as uh, all the Swifties wanted him to. You know, the honest and goodness truth, I hope they last forever. I, I, I hope it goes on forever. But as I said earlier, James, you know for a fact Taylor Swift is already trying to think of words that rhyme with Kelsey for the breakup song. I know there is some danger if he breaks her heart. This love for him and this jersey buying you know, this extravaganza could go south. Don't want nothing with the Swifties hating on me. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got some Tiger stuff to talk about. And uh, Monday night double header, the National Football League. We'll talk about it all as we continue here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Welcome back into the sports book here on WJR. Uh, really, uh, before we move forward, James, kind of a crazy uh, weekend in the National Football League. Uh, I don't know what the Denver Broncos are up to. You know, Sean Payton, you know, when he took the job there, uh, there was a sense that uh, he was going to bring some validity uh, back to the Broncos. And... Uh, they have seven. I find it hard to say. They had seventy points put on them yesterday. I mean, that was unbelievable. When I was just checking scores because I was doing some other things, and I'm like, no, that's a typo, right? Like some intern at ESPN.com made a mistake, but no, seventy. I mean, that's crazy. Their running backs accounted for six touchdowns. Well, and the Dolphins put up over seven hundred yards of offense against a National Football League team. Now, to put things in perspective, and Jason Fisler, uh, who's running the show over there on the other side of the glass, feel free to weigh in. You know, when Sean Payton took the job, and, and keep in mind, he had some very good years with the New Orleans Saints, winning a Super Bowl. Then he's a Fox analyst. So, gets the job in Denver, and he says something that is never said by an incoming coach about a former coach, Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the offensive coordinator with the New York Jets. He said he probably, Peyton referring to Hackett, he probably did one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And now you're 0-3 and your defense just gave up 70. Karma, Steve. I believe in it. And that's <laughs> that's, Could that's be karma. Jace. Yeah, that's unreal. And uh, speaking of the Jets, did you see what Joe Willie Namath said about Zach Wilson? No, I did not. I'm interested. You've piqued my interest. Uh, He said that uh, the way that Zach Wilson is playing is an embarrassment. He would trade him right now. If he is not traded, the Jets should get rid of everybody from top to bottom. And uh, that's from Joe Willie Namath. Now, you know, I found it interesting that Matt Ryan, uh, former Falcon, former Colt quarterback, uh, now with, uh, I think he's with Fox or is he with CBS, uh, he is saying that he has no interest in quarterbacking the New York Jets. I just read yesterday that his people reached out to the Jets and they turned them down. So the truth is out there somewhere. But right now, the Jets are a one and two team and you know, in my heart of hearts, James, I just don't see him going anywhere with Zach Wilson at the helm. But the question becomes, what do they do? 
this is so unfortunate. I know you don't like Aaron Rodgers, but four plays into his career with the Jets, he gets hurt. The whole plan there was for him to teach Wilson how to play, how to be a pro, how to read defenses, just like really teach him. Because I think Wilson has lacked that up until now, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, I believe uh, that may or may not be the case. I don't know what his work ethic is or what the deal is. You know, watching Hard Knocks, it seemed as though he was learning a lot from Aaron Rodgers, who was still participating in Jets' offensive meetings. How nice of him. Um, But there has been a train of thought that with everything going on in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, uh, that maybe the uh, Jets could pull off a trade for Kirk Cousins. Now, I don't know how much money they want to invest in that quarterback position if and nobody Aaron Rodgers really... comes back. Right. Now what do you do? Trade, I, mean, uh... I think it's a lost season, and you you know take your lumps, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers comes back. Well, last but not least, Jason, I'm sorry. Jason Fistler is a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. And every time I think that his Cowboys might be onto something, something bad happens. Like, oh, maybe a loss to the Cardinals. Joshua Dobbs, three, three weeks he's been there and outplayed a quarterback that they are going to possibly pay $50 million a year to. So, yeah. Well, and I don't know what happened like- to the defense. That was going to be my question to you as a fan. Do you think they pay him that money or they let him walk? <laughs> With Jerry Jones, He'll who knows? It. He'll pay it. And and this is I I really wish that they could just break that team down and start from the ground up, but they never do. They they just continue to pay these large contracts, get to the divisional round, that's it. So it's it's, it's frustrating. It is. Jerry Jones is a little Mike eye in that he really wants this to work. He tries. He spends a lot of money, and it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He wants to. He, he wants it to work out, but uh, you know, I don't know if you can justify, based on his injury situation, Dak Prescott, that type of money. I don't know. Not worth it. Uh, Bring on Trey Lance. Oh, <laughs> surely you jest. <laughs> yes. Uh, and let me just say this quickly. You know, while we were talking about the uh, whole uh, Kansas City Chiefs situation and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and that whole deal, how dysfunctional are the Bears right now? <laughs> Embarrassing. I mean, whatever the level is beyond dumpster fire, that is what the Bears, top to bottom. And this organization has been in the abyss for years. Well, speaking of quarterback play, Fields does not seem to be the guy. Because of the coaching staff, he said. He was asked why he is uh, playing the way he is, and he he alluded to the uh, coaching staff. And their defensive coordinator, by the way, uh, resigned allegedly to spend more time with his family and work on his health. And then we read that HR was involved and... He kind of resigned because of inappropriate activity. What is oh, going on right. with people? What in the heck is going on with people? Where is decorum? Like, yeah, it's football, but it's also your place of business. What are what are these guys doing? I just don't get it. Uh, meanwhile, your Detroit Tigers, they come off a split with the hapless Oakland A's, a four-gamer, as a matter of fact. Uh, Tigers taking two. Uh, they have six ball games left in this campaign. Uh, they will begin a series against the hapless Kansas City Royals 
Uh, that series will begin tomorrow night at Comerica Park. After that, they will finish the uh, season with three against the uh, Cleveland Guardians uh, through the weekend, and that will be that. Tigers right now 73-83. and 83. So sadly, Jamie, even if they were to sleep, uh, sweep the six remaining games, no chance to get to 500. But an interesting season, an entertaining season nonetheless. I just talked to my sports producer here. What are we doing for Miguel's last game? Like, you guys have six more games to see this legend bat and play. Let's get out there. Oh, they're going to do something. Probably a hell of a lot more than the Oakland A's did as an organization. Are you kidding me? Did you see you what they go did? to the grocery store and get a bottle of Camus for like 70 bucks? Is that right? I was going to ask it because I know nothing about wine. You know that. But first of all, there was a lot of eyebrows raised because of Miguel's past battles with alcohol. And you would yeah, think that the not a good look. That the A's would know that. And then these cheapskates who are, I guess, going to move to Vegas. Who the heck knows? They give them a bottle of, how much is it? Well, it depends where you go, but 70 to 90, depending on the place. But, like, let me tell you, it is a great bottle of wine. Love it. But not for this scenario. He also looked like when they were taking the pictures, he he really did look like what is going on here. Maybe I read a little bit too in, much into no, it. No, I agree, but, Chase. You know, I, like, he, he did have to look right like now? you know what? I, really, this is a bottle of uh, because there's been some franchises that have gone over the top. I mean, some very nice things. Cleveland gave him a guitar, right? You know what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I get that, and you know some other cities have done some things, but the A's. Oh, my goodness. Uh, by the way, uh, your Red Wings, a uh, little training camp in Traverse City, huh, over the weekend. Next thing you know, let's play some exhibition hockey, huh? They're going to open up that slate tomorrow night against your Penguins there, Jamie, at LCA. We're underway. Yeah, let's play eight preseason games, see what this team is all about. Reports out of Traverse City. By the way, I'm bummed I didn't go this year. I, I really do enjoy that assignment. It's but a anyway. great time. Um. The reports out of camp are that the new guys have brought an uptick of intensity and that this team is going to be harder to play against. And obviously we need more goals. So to bring it, maybe he contributes the way they want him to. Well, let's get her going. Meanwhile, uh, El Capitan and general manager Stevie Eisenman saying, look, it's not a playoff or bust year for the uh, Red Wings. He uh, refuses to mortgage the future. Uh, by that, meaning, you know, trade dra uh, high draft picks and whatnot. So let's just play and see what happens. And uh, hopefully uh, this franchise gets back into the postseason, uh, postseason sooner rather than later. All right. Not a whole lot of time left, Jane. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on the Monday night doubleheader. That and more as we continue here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Just want to start off this segment. Uh, there's no truth to the rumor that the Dolphins scored again. Just to clear <laughs> that up. Um, because there's been some speculation. Uh, yeah, Monday night doubleheader there, James. Uh, in uh, the early game, if you will, uh, the Eagles up on the Buccaneers in Tampa 3 nothing. Uh, Tampa, like most teams against the Eagles in this stellar defense, having a hard time running the ball. Uh, they have eight, eight yards rushing. Just, it, it just went end first quarter. 
Uh, meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, who you got to give the Delos due, Jane. He's not playing poorly in this tilt. He's three of six, 28 yards. But you know what? He's played respectful. Yeah. Um, I Have you seen this on the internets, the social media channels, if you will? The only Swift and Kelsey connection that people in Philadelphia care about is Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift. I see that. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of creative people out there. I just uh, love the memes. I bring, <laughs> I bring the memes to you. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, DeAndre Swift, by the way, five carries, 38 yards. Uh, he's had himself a nice first couple of ball games as an Eagle. Jalen Hurts, six of 10, 71 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. Again, and a first quarter in Tampa, the uh, Eagles on top of the Buccaneers. Uh, and then the uh, game slated for later, like kicking off at 8.15, uh, you've got the one, the only Los Angeles Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford and company, uh, in Cincinnati to take on the 0-2 Bengals. Remember, Cincinnati, Jane, uh, started 0-2 uh, last year as well, and they were able to rebound. Joe Burrow uh, battling that bad calf will indeed get the start for the Bengals. So if you're a Cincinnati fan, you got to love that. You know, Joe Burrow is a champion at every level he's ever played. He'll get back on track, I think. Well, and, you know, here's the thing about the Rams. You know, they they mortgaged the farm. They did. Uh, and thank you very much for Jared Goff. I think that one is working out swimmingly so far. Uh, but I digress. They won themselves a Super Bowl after the Stafford trade. Uh, they gave up a lot for that. And they are going to pay for years to come. But uh, in the opener... Uh, they took care of the Seattle Seahawks on the road, no less. And uh, maybe, just maybe, the Rams are not going to be as bad as many thought they would be in this rebuilding period. What if the Jets borrowed Matthew Stafford for a year? Well, you know what? There was some speculation, and you know, I kind of thought out a lot about that myself, and I'll tell you why. Because... The Rams approached Matthew Stafford before the season to redo his deal, and he told him to pound salt. So I'm wondering, you know, just by that, because you know how Matthew is. He's one of the more affable guys ever. You know, he he redid his deal as a Lion several times, certainly hoping that they were finally going to put some talent together and maybe, uh, you know, have a winning season. But I digress. But both sides got what they wanted, a Super Bowl championship. Well, they did. Yes. Yes, they did. And and uh, I'm sure the Rams will take that all the time. But there was also, uh, and it wasn't even speculation, there was a lot of discussion that at the draft, the Rams were trying hard to trade Stafford. And there were no takers. Well... Have they called the Jets recently? There's been some changes over there. Yeah, but I think that, you know, they'd come across the same deal as we were discussing earlier with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, how much right. How much money do you want tied up in that quarterback position? Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I will tell you this. The uh, Bengals are favored by a mere two and a half at home against the one-on-one uh, -on -one Rams. I find that to be a little interesting. Well, I mean, Vegas always seems to know, don't they? Well, it was uh, the Rams beating the Bengals 23-20 in that Super Bowl we were uh, discussing. Um, you know, we'll see. 
I just really thoroughly enjoy Monday night doubleheaders. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think they're fun. Um, for me, I have to get up early tomorrow for my new gig at WJR Mornings with Guy Gordon. Yeah. And Lloyd Jackson. How's that working out so far? That early wake up. I've been having a great time. I started in news. I went to grad school at Medill Northwestern for news. So I'm having fun with that back news hat back on my head. All right. Well done. Love listening to you. You know that. Uh, Sadly, our time together uh, has come and gone. So go doze off. And uh, what do you say uh, we do it again next week? Huh? I'd love to do it. See you then. All right. And at that particular point in time, Thursday, it'll be four days after the Lions uh, take care of business at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Again, folks, that's going on Thursday night. And uh, it would be nice to see uh, Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator, and this Lions D duplicate the performance we saw yesterday. We shall see. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Sportsbook here on WJR.